3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: What is up, party people? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire! For Thursday, August 12th. Uh, Great commentary on the podcast with Albert Breer. Thank you guys for the props. It's always good to hear when you like an interview and don't. And listen, some of you guys think, hey man, you're too chummy with these guys. You're asking softballs. I get that. That's fine. I get those DMs. uh, But I try to keep it real and ask honest questions that I care about and I think the audience will care about. And we've got one of those today, Sean King, not that Sean King, the uh, rabble-rousing political guy who gets in uh, all these fights on Twitter. No, the Sean King, the former quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He uh, was drafted in the second round. He played with John Gruden, uh, got in some arguments with John Gruden. We'll talk about that. Uh, He just got a job at VEASAN. Uh, he, He got into the gambling game. You guys know we talk about it all the time, all the time, the gambling gold rush. It's pretty cool. Uh, Sean King is now the host of the Nightcap weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern on VEASAN. Pretty cool. I think you guys are going to dig it. He is a super nice guy, friendly, and I may meet up with him in Vegas in a couple weeks. Uh, But before we get to the interview, just two quick notes. First of all, this Dak Prescott, uh, second MRI, obviously not ideal if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, Listen, I do wonder how much of this is for Hard Knocks hype. Honestly, I can't imagine that the guy got injured— Chucking Hail Marys, as they said on hard knocks or alleged alleged on hard knocks, um that he really got injured. I mean, this is the guy who took out to take a long time off football coming off that gruesome leg injury. And I thought there was just rust, but I guess we'll see. A second MRI? I mean, obviously that can't be good. Uh we'll see what happens. I'm not gonna go overboard. Um he was shut to, he threw for two weeks and then shut it down. Um and they're waiting for a second MRI. We'll see. Uh there was a big injury in the NFL. Listen, um, the Ravens did a lot to enhance their receiver core. They added, um, Sammy Watkins and they added Rashad Bateman in the draft. The kid out of Minnesota Bateman had a leg injury. They don't know if he's going to be good for, to go for week one. And, um, that's not ideal. Cause I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Lamar Jackson despite him getting COVID twice and, um, saying some kind of silly things leading up. Sorry. sorry, I had to go there. It's listen to what he said. It's silly. Um, the Baltimore Ravens are located as close to John Hopkins, one of the top medical schools in the country. Okay? Lamar Jackson can go ask them any questions he wants. All right? Don't give me this it's a personal decision. Just, no. Just go ask the professionals at Johns Hopkins, Lamar. Also, he's on my fantasy team, and I'm probably keeping him. I've said enough. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm pulling for Lamar. Uh, I don't have a futures bet yet on the Ravens. I think I will end up with one um, to win the Super Bowl. I think they've got a good chance to break through. They've got a really good team. Really good team. Take a look at that over. Uh, and one final note before we get to Sean King. I know so many of you took an interest in my car story, the hit and run that I talked about on yesterday's pod. This is crazy. And I'll I'll be brief because Rob G does not want me going deep on this stuff. So the contractor for the vehicle that we thought hit my car shows up. And I go outside to meet him and he's got like this tape measure. And I can just see from the way he's standing that, you know, he's going to be, like, a little combative. And he starts saying, you know, my guys don't, they swear they didn't do it. And if you look at this, I said, let me just stop you right here. I'm not going to get in an argument with you, okay? Um, I, it does frankly, it doesn't really matter what happened. My insurance is taking care of this. If you guys did it, great. If not, I understand. And I think that caught him off guard. Because, you know, uh, listen, I'm not defensive about my card. 13 years old. Insurance will take care of it. I'm not, I'm not sweating this. And... Then he goes, well, you know, I was looking around, and I know there was a lot of construction here. And there's a vehicle right over there that has paint that matches the paint here. And I look over there, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And the guys who are near this vehicle at a different construction site see me and the guy looking. And one of the guys comes over. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are these two guys going to get in a fight? Is there going to be an argument? Jeez, what do I do? And the guy goes, hey, um... We, we saw the incident yesterday. I was like, oh, really? And he goes, it wasn't those guys, and it wasn't us. And I'm like, oh? He goes, it was the UPS guy. And my eyes just dropped. It felt like a Scooby-Doo episode where you think you've got the bad guy. Not that there's a bad guy here, but you think you've got the bad guy, and then there's this massive curveball. And I was like, UPS guy? He goes, yeah, I got picture and a video. And I'm like, oh! And then just his head exploding, and we are all just start kind of laughing. And he didn't have video of the actual accident, but the guy hit my car, he turned, and I guess some of him and some of his guys come over and are like, oh my gosh. And the UPS guy gets out and this is what's crazy, looks and puts a note on my windshield. And then the UPS guy, you know, the guy takes a picture and gets a video of him putting a note. And I said, well, that's weird. I didn't get a note. What the hell? Oh, well, I don't know. I wonder what happened. Maybe he took it off or it was a note for show because there were people around. And within like, yeah, I go in my house. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Within three minutes, the the subcontractor, the guy with the tape measure calls me back. Hey, Jason, the uh, UPS guy is right out outside on the street right now if you want to come talk to him. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I run outside. I'm like, yo, what happened? And it's this young kid, and I felt a little bad because, you know, This guy's saying he did it. He tells the guy that there's evidence that, you know, picture and video. And the UPS guy's like a young guy. And I feel, you know, instantly he's like, honestly, I didn't know if I hit it. I didn't hear a sound. There's a lot of construction here. But I came out to look and I put a note. And I said, that's weird. I didn't get the note. And the guy goes, yeah, I mentioned it to my manager. And then he came later to see. And I guess he thought that, well, maybe that was already there or this isn't significant enough. And he took the note. I was like, oh, snap. Let me get that guy's number. So I call the guy and leave a message. And within like 20 minutes, he sends one of his underlings. Now, this is the weird part. The guy, you know, knocks on my door and I don't have a mask. He's wearing a mask. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let me get my keys. I come out. I take two steps out of my house. He goes, hey, are you a sports commentator? And I was like, maybe. (laughs) He goes, yeah, I've seen you. Are you ready? I've seen you on ESPN. And I just put my mask on and don't say anything. Um, and then he's like, yeah, you know, our manager thought this, but I got it. Can can you just show me the video? Sure. Boom, 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 took care of it. Folks, this is what I did. After that, I went over to the young kid who got the video. You know, he looks like a you know, like a 19, 20-year-old Hispanic guy, uh, super friendly. And I gave, I gave him a Benjamin. I said, dude, you just saved me a massive headache. I don't have to deal with none of this. Thank you. And he was like, no way, are you you know, and his like crew was around there, like, oh my god. Listen, folks, anybody, and I told you guys the story how I nearly lost my iPhone in Hawaii at Queen's Bath, and this guy saved it underwater and I gave him a hundred bucks. I'm not just giving away money. People who help me, I'm gonna help you out, you know? And this guy clearly needed, he's working hard all summer on construction. Thank you to the dude if he's listening. Um, and now without further ado, let's get back to sports. And Sean King, former NFL quarterback.
3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You know a guy. Jason likes to
3: think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
4: I know what sports fans want.
3: But
1: for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
4: All right, let's welcome him into Straight Fire, a guy who played in the NFL, and I love this. He just got a job in the gambling sector, which is popping off. We call it the gambling gold rush. He just moved to Vegas. Uh, Sean King, former quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, played other teams in the NFL. Sean, how are you, man?
5: I'm excellent, Jason. Thanks for having me on. I got to admit now, I am jealous of the name Straight Fire
4: Podcast. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I don't know if I could take full credit for that. Um, You know, it's been a year, but uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Thanks for coming by. Listen, uh, anybody who just moved to Vegas uh, is always welcome on the pod because we love gambling. I want to ask, how has the move been? I I, I don't think I know anyone who's moved during the pandemic. Um, I'm assuming it was not fun. Did you go from Florida to Vegas?
5: Yeah. From Tampa to Vegas. And uh, the move Mm -hmm. really hasn't been that difficult. I actually lived here. In 2008 and nine, uh, I came to play for the Las Vegas Gladiators Arena football Mm. team and kind of actually met my wife, you know, during that period. She was working for Randall Cunningham, who's a pastor here at his church and uh, crazy story. We met. I ended up marrying her. We have four kids now. She has family here, so it kind of worked, you know, but uh, I will say this. The most difficult thing is not COVID. It's the fact that it's a seller's market from a home-purchase standpoint. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, Oh, boy, you paid out of your tea. Oh, that's rough. Um, all right, well, I don't know. Let's start with the gambling. First of all, um, I, you obviously were a high-level quarterback in college and then got drafted second round. I, you could be completely honest. As a quarterback in the NFL, did you ever look at gambling spreads back in the day? Did you ever look at lines or see and know we're dogs, we're favorites? Did the coaches play that angle up?
5: The coaches played the angle up, but it wasn't specific. It was more like the public doesn't think we have any chance. They don't think we have any chance. And I think that's more a byproduct of my age than necessarily anything else. Because when I graduated from Tulane and was drafted into the NFL, you couldn't text from your cell phone. (laughs) like You had to have a two-way pager to text and a cell phone for calls. The internet was still <laughs> relatively new.
4: Like your yeah, email yeah, yeah. was on a dial-up. So You were th- basically, all you were doing was downloading free music.
5: Right. right. The, the yeah, access exactly. to information yeah. was very limited. Right. Right. <laughs> so you really wasn't exposed to those kind of things. And they also were still taboo, you know, from a, a sports media standpoint. So it was something that people just didn't talk about. So it never was something that we actually dealt with, you know, per se, you know, uh, but now we're in a different era. You know, the Cardinals yeah. just put a, a gambling apparatus at their stadium for home games. So, I mean, when you look at America, why shouldn't it be legal to sports bet?
4: Uh, yeah, there's no argument against it, really, right. except that the government can't get their cut. And that's, right. that's, that's what it boils down to. You know, <laughs> they, they get their cut of marijuana now, marijuana <laughs> legal in states, and They'll figure out the gambling because they, they're hard up for money right now. Um, so let me ask about this. You, you just got a job at VEASAN. You're going to be doing radio, obviously a lot of gambling. I think – is Mike Lombardi there still? Yes, he is. Yeah, okay. I know. I did some stuff with him at FS1. Uh, very ornery guy, uh, very very sure of himself. I like Mike personally. Uh, I don't think he's a huge fan of my work because I like to call him out sometimes on some <laughs> stuff. But listen, that's what we do. Uh, plus, he hasn't come on the podcast in since we started a year ago. But I, I'm just curious, like – There's now an NFL team in Vegas, okay? Uh, You know, Vegas obviously ground zero for gambling. Although New Jersey's trying to make headway, Um, do you see a lot of more people parachuting into Vegas for the weekend, watching the game, gambling, and this like adds a good element to the league? Do you think this is going to be more talked about than ever before?
5: Absolutely, because I think gambling is a new fantasy. Like, mm. you know how fantasy football created all this new interest from people that were not necessarily hardcore NFL fans. I think once yeah. the gambling, you know, becomes something that people don't even view as taboo in any way, shape, form or fashion, it just increases the amount of exposure that the game has, which I think is good for the game.
4: Uh, all right. Let, let's turn back the clock to your career, because. You know, the most interesting thing was, that I found, I mean, besides you winning a Super Bowl ring, is you played for John Gruden. I did. Uh, you were on that Tampa team. Now, you, you I guess you had started the year before or two years before, but I'm i am I'm curious about something. Where are you on John Gruden as a coach? Because I know he won the Super Bowl, and that was over 15 years ago. Uh, listen, Sean, he hasn't done jack squat since. Can, can we just be real? He has not been a great coach since record-wise. Um Raiders have imploded uh, the last couple of years with him. I, I just don't know. I'm curious your thoughts as, of Gruden as a coach.
5: I think he's an excellent coach. You know, I think John is a high energy guy. He's a very competitive guy. You know, he's somebody that when he's in your corner, he's all the way in your corner. I think what's happened is he has not gotten back to a roster that was as talented as the one he inherited in Tampa. Like we had been picked to win the Super Bowl prior to John getting there. So he showed what he can do with that caliber player. If you look at the subsequent years after the Derek Brookses and the Warren Saps and the John Lynches had moved on to do other great things in their lives, he's never really been the head coach of a division favorite, let alone some team that people thought was talented enough to win a championship. So I think more so than his ability to coach, I just think, they have to get the pieces there. Because if he has the pieces, he's more than capable of getting them over the hill and winning a championship.
4: So basically, Gruden is the cook who, hey man, you do the grocery shopping, you just bring all this stuff, I'll make it. But he's not the kind of guy who can really pick the players as has been evident since then, right? I don't
5: know if he ever has had full control of picking the players until now. I think he has it now with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. He never had that total control in Tampa. He had a lot of say so. But again, a guy can be great at one thing and not necessarily Mm -hmm. deficient at something else, but not as great. But as as human beings, it's hard to differentiate sometimes when you're on that scale. Okay, I'm really, Mm -hmm. really good at this. And that should make me really good at this. But that's not always the case. And it takes maturity and time to realize that we do have weaknesses and then to be honest with ourselves about what those weaknesses are and then put people around us who is stronger than us? Where we're deficient.
4: But back in the day when he was coaching you, I'm sure uh, you know he thought he knew everything. He was a young, cocky guy, and he won a Super Bowl. He had every uh, and he, Yeah, he did. He, he, did. He, he cocky, hey, Jason, <laughs> any cocky, any cocky stories on Gruden? He got traded for. Like when
1: does a <laughs> yeah, when does, a, when does
5: a coach get traded for? I think they gave up what two number ones or something. Like he yeah. might he might go down in history. Off the top of my head, I don't know any other coach has ever been involved in a trade where he was the trade piece.
4: I think the Jets might've tried for Parcells or Belichick or both. Uh, I'm not hundred percent on that, yeah. but you're right. Gruden was traded for, but what's he, I mean, like everybody knows him from the quarterback school that he did on Monday night football. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody, like you said, rah, rah guy. But I'm, I'm just curious in the locker room, what is he like? Because a lot of people didn't think he would mix with Derek Carr, who's very religious and like doesn't say bad words, and Gruden, we know, famously curses like a sailor. Um, I, I, what was he like in the locker room? He was
5: good. He was good. I mean, you got to understand, professional sports is not college sports. So like, you know, on professional sports, whether it's M- NBA, NFL, MLB, you're going to have all these different personalities and moral compasses and some are going to cuss, some are not going to cuss, some are going to be meat eaters, some are going to be vegan, like some yeah. are going to party, some are going to go home. To their friends. So, I mean, you're used to dealing with opposites or people that are different from you. And so you all kind of mesh because the one common denominator is we want to be successful on the grass mm-hmm. and everybody's working towards that goal. So he was fine. I mean, he's a high energy guy. Sometimes if he has some other high energy players i mean there can be some banging of the heads there but what coach doesn't get into it you know sean payton is into it and michael thomas right now at least on the surface that's what yeah. it looks like you know it happens around the league
4: did you you didn't you never got into it with gruden you seem kind of a mild-mannered guy
5: we've had our moments but they were more so because uh i thought i was better than where he had me on the duff chart and so if you're not going to defend yourself no one else is going to defend you but as you mature and you learn one of my only regrets from my entire NFL career was what I didn't just shut up and hold a clipboard. I probably could have got 10 more years. I could have been Chase Daniel.
4: So so wait, what happened at the end with you? And Gr- you could have been Chase Daniel. Chase Daniels made a ton of money, by the hey, way. Hey, Jason, yeah, I, would, I would
5: trade my Super Bowl victory for Chase Daniels' bank account. Trust me. Oh, wow.
4: I mean, listen, now – you know, I guess you're right. Chase Daniel was with what? Andy Reid, and now he's just getting uh, passed around with paid. all the Andy Reid. Uh, he's paid. Yeah.
5: He's still on the team. So,
4: so if, I, if I recall it correctly, you were basically the starting quarterback. You guys get all – you fill in for Dilfer when he was hurt. You get all the way to the NFC title game, I think? Yep, so. the Brett Emanuel catch. And,
5: that was me. Then I started the following year. We went 10-6. Started and six. the following year. Then it was Rich McKay and Tony Dungy. Uh, they were in control of the Bucs the year after the 10-6 year, and they signed Brad Johnson that offseason. So Brad came in. They gave him a big deal. He was a starter. I was the backup. And John came in here after that. And a lot of people don't know this. John brought in Rob Johnson to be the starting oh, quarterback. Yeah. So it was meant... Over it, Brad? Yeah. And, and Rob just could never really, like, master the system and make John comfortable. So, you know, Brad's a veteran guy. One of my best friends still to this day. Shout out to Brad Johnson's son. I think he's going to be a starting quarterback at LSU. That's, ex- I saw that, yeah. yeah, excited to see what he's going to do, but... You know, Brad led us to a championship, and that's you know sort of how it happened. Then they drafted Chris Sims the following year in the draft, and so that kind of was my. Uh, and you winning. were
4: just like, "What the hell are you doing? You right. like uh, right. Johnson, not Brad, the other one, Rob. Uh, Rob Johnson, over me, and now you want to get Chris Sims?"
5: Yeah, I, I felt like the the child no one talks to at the house,
4: and so, and so I guess at that point you leave. And um, do you Arizona? Was, is it Arizona? Okay, yeah. who was the coach there? Denny Green. Mm, was that the year where they uh we are who we thought they were? That was they a, are who we thought. I, I think that was 2 years later, I think. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So, yeah.
5: Denny, Denny great guy. Denny's a no nonsense. Like he's a come hey, Denny's a great guy. God bless him. God bless his family. I know he passed away. Great yeah. dude. Great dude.
4: Um uh, all right, so let's quickly talk about the Raiders this year. Let's start there. Um are they getting to the playoffs cuz they were close last year? If they don't choke against Miami and Fitzpatrick on one of like the all-time great uh, fourth quarters last season. Uh, the Raiders are probably a playoff team. People don't people forget that. They're kind of in that middle ground where they're always seven, eight, nine wins in there. Uh, are they a playoff team in the AFC? In their
5: conference, rank the
4: quarterbacks
5: in their division, in your opinion.
4: In oh, their division. Okay, we'll go Mahomes one, Herbert two, Carr three, and then Bridgewater lock four. Would you agree or no?
5: Yeah, and I think that's the issue. Carr has to take that step. There's not a reason that a second-year player in Justin Herbert should be ahead of Carr, who has experience and talent. So I think that's the key to the Raiders' playoff hopes. If if Carr takes the next step and becomes a guy who can lead them to victory when the others around him aren't playing necessarily at a consistently high level, they have a chance. If he's a guy that needs everything perfect, then I think it gets really difficult because I don't know that – they're so much more talented in other spots than the teams that they have to face.
4: So I, the, I guess the issue with Carr is, can he do that this year when they lost three offensive linemen from what was a really good offensive line last year?
5: I know it's going to be interesting. And we, we, it's kind of the unknown. It's what makes the season intriguing. You know, it's why it's why the NFL is king because every city that has a team is having this conversation. Did we do, <laughs> did we do the right things in the offseason? Yeah. To create what's hopefully at least a playoff team. People have to look at this thing in this way. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were one of the worst organizations in the National mm-hmm. Football League over the last 15 years. One offseason changed their entire narrative.
4: Well, one player, really. I mean, let's let's give the credit to Tom. I mean, right. and, and no so no disrespect to Jameis, although it is disrespectful to Jameis because he was terrible. But, anyways, go ahead.
5: Everybody's looking for their Tom Brady. Sometimes it's not the quarterback position. Sometimes another position. Everybody's looking for that transcendent player that can change the conversation nationally regarding their organization. That's why you see so many quarterbacks taken high in the draft. I mean, you can't tell Uh me that Zach Wilson is the second best player in this past year's draft, but the Jets are looking Mm -hmm. for that transcendent player. You can't tell me Trey Lance (laughs) is the third best player in this draft, but they're looking for those those guys.
4: Sadly, I'm a Jets fan, longtime Jets fan. we a long and, season, brother. Hey, hey, listen. I I don't want to read the reports about Zach Wilson struggling against the, one the Jets thing. West the one defense.
5: thing that America is safe from is going to bars. J
4: E T.
5: Hammering of, my Jets. Boy. It'll be none of that going on. I'm just All telling right, you, that me... pick, that pick before we move on, Jason, is gonna age terribly. Really? I'm, I'm on record as saying Kellen Mond or
4: Kyle Trask will be better in a oh, quarterback. Stop than it. Zach Wilson. Remind, write oh, come
5: that, on. Write
4: that down. Hold on. Timeout, timeout. timeout. Write that down. So you were in Tampa last year. Yes. And I'm trying to think, did BYU make any trips? they no, I don't think they did. We
5: played, we played them uh when I was at USF, but Trash was not the starter, which is one of my huge issues with – I mean, Zach was not the starter, which is one of my huge issues with Zach. The only year that he was great at BYU was the bubble year when they played no – non-power, no uh, power five teams. True. To me, if a player, and I went to Tulane, so I'm talking about myself as well. To me, at that position, if a guy comes from a Coastal Carolina, a BYU, a non-power five elite program, I think he should have at least two years of dominance to think that he can make the transition and be great right away in the NFL.
4: Okay, so Trey Lance, Carson Wentz, uh, both of those guys went super high. Joe Burrow, what about Joe Burrow?
5: But Joe Burrow played at LSU, and he broke every record known to he man.
4: Yeah. And so, he started but, so there for two about, years. So it's – well, he was not good the, the well, first he, year we started. But he started. He got, was average.
5: We had a, a larger sample size. He got better. He got, yeah. he got with a actual offensive coordinator instead of playing the Tiger ball they were playing his first year at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> where they tossed Jeez. the ball as they're running uh, inside zone. <laughs> Remember that play on the goal line?
4: Yeah, the, they always it, it, run. The coaching got better with Joe Brady, yes. no doubt. By the way, is Joe Brady the next Bengals coach uh, in 2022? Ooh, I think it makes sense,
5: right? I was, I, I was, was actually, I was actually in Carolina for the Bill Walsh internship for the entire month of, I want to say it was April or May. It was May, and uh, he's doing an outstanding job. And Sam Darnold, I think, is going to surprise people if they can protect him. They have some question marks the Panthers on the offensive line, but they have. As good of a skill position group of guys that people don't yeah, know about. Strong. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they have some guys there. Like to me, if if they can protect Sam, they have a chance to be good because they're really good on defense.
4: We had Albert Breer on this podcast yesterday, and he said that um, you know, keep an eye on Carolina making a move on Deshaun Watson. Carolina and Philly are like kind of behind the scenes, really, really plugging hard. Darnold's kind of a stopgap, but I'm I'm with you. Like he, and, the potentials and, there, but and
5: let me be know, clear her. Deshaun Watson's a dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I want to ask you a question. I know you're interviewing me, I'm on your show, but do the Texans not get the Donkey of the Decade award? <laughs> like, they could have gotten a top 10 pick prior to the draft for Deshaun Watson and been able to draft one of the young quarterbacks that just came in this class and reset the entire organization. They don't trade him. Now they're in this position where all the quarterback-needy teams just took quarterbacks in the first round.
4: But there's, I mean, I, it, listen, there's still options. Like the Indianapolis Colts, Wentz already hurt. I, I he, This is like a, can you make it happen in a year? Forty, uh, Not the 49ers, but like, uh, who else is out there? Carolina, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts. Um, I mean, there's a couple other teams, but it's Deshaun Watson's a top-10 quarterback, right?
5: Absolutely. And think what right. they could have got so, before the draft.
4: Uh, Denver. Uh, what about Denver in the AFC West? Uh, uh, who think, they got? Quarter a lock?
5: Yeah, but I, what 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 capital do they have to give back now? And I'm, I and, mean, I'm, listen, and I, I'm talking more the Texans.
4: Oh, yeah, maybe tossing Chubb and whatever picks you want. I mean, you got to get a quarterback.
5: So I guess the other question is, if they can't trade Deshaun Watson, who's the day one starter for the Texans?
4: Uh, I think it's uh, Davis Mills. Is Ty-
5: that... Tyrod Taylor. So they're going to.
4: Tyrod. Oh, Tyrod Taylor. Right, right, right. Tyrod they're going to pay
5: Taylor. Deshaun. And he's going to stand on the sideline.
4: I, I, uh, that's an <laughs> ugly situation. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't. Maybe he won't be on the side. Maybe they'll ask him to not come to games uh, because it's a little bit dicey with, with the whole legal aspect.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats.
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
4: live. Let's move on to some other teams here real quick. Okay. In the NFC, I, I kind of i am irrationally into the Dallas Cowboys at this point. I know that we hear that every year, uh, and I don't want to hear, like, the health argument because, like, I don't know. I feel like all we do now, Sean, is like, oh, well, if the Lakers are healthy or if uh, the Nets are healthy, well, if the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, well, anybody is not healthy. They have no chance. Right. But assuming health to everybody who's healthy now, why shouldn't the Dallas Cowboys be one of the best teams in the NFC?
5: Because they haven't fixed their, their issues on defense. I mean, that secondary was the worst secondary I've seen in a (laughs) long time in the National Football The
4: Jets. You didn't watch my Jets secondary show.
5: Well, (laughs) on a team with
4: expectations.
0: Oh, damn.
5: Fair, fair. They went out and drafted all linebackers. So unless the linebackers are going to play corner and safety, I still think they're going to have the same issues they had last year. You know, also, and it's kind of unfortunate for Dallas because they put so much draft capital into their offensive line, the time periods haven't meshed. Now they're really good at the skill positions, and I think they have mm-hmm. a really good quarterback, but the offensive line is old and aging now. Yeah. So it, it'll be, be interesting. You're right. So we'll see. Can they outscore people? We'll find out really soon. Tampa
4: Bay Bucks, you were in Tampa last year when they made the run. First of all, I'm curious, your thoughts on Jameis when he was the quarterback in Tampa? Because there was always expectations. He had Mike Evans. He had Godwin. They had weapons. He put up monster numbers, but not always, like, good numbers.
5: Well, I think the best thing that happened to Jameis was – getting benched and having to sit behind drew brees that's the first time he's really got to learn from a hall of fame caliber player Jameis has always been the guy he's never really had to operate with the understanding that my mistakes have legitimate consequences and repercussions because if you remember he threw all these interceptions at florida state but he's so talented they were able to overcome him in the second half and they won national championship he won a heisman same thing in Tampa. He threw a lot of picks, but he threw 5,000 yards and
4: yeah.
5: 30-something touchdowns. I think it was 33, if I'm not mistaken, on the top of my head. So watching Breeze and how he approached the game week in and week out, how he interacted with Sean Payton, how he manufactured big plays by just doing the right things as opposed to forcing the ball, I think is going to be a, a great learning experience for Jameis. And I think Jameis is going to have a, a really good year this year coming up.
4: So that sounds good, and I would agree with all of it because the offensive line is good. But have you looked at the Saints' wide receiver depth chart with this Michael Thomas surgery? I mean, Sean, we're talking about Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith, somebody named Deontay Harris. Like, Ty Montgomery got injured today. He was carted off. Like, Chris Hogan is on the depth chart. I thought he was still playing lacrosse.
5: Here's what's interesting. The one position I don't worry about in the National Football League is wide receiver. Wow. Okay. I think that is the deepest, most talented single position in the entire NFL. I think there are a lot of second and third string receivers that no one's ever heard of that are capable of being first first, first stringers and if you are given the opportunity. And this is where I kind of lean on Sean Payton. They always reinvent themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at his tenure in New Orleans, they've been good every year offensively. And it's always a revolving door of the names – at the offensive positions, but the results are the same. So this is kind of where you give him the benefit of the doubt that they have some young guys that are ready to break out and have a tremendous season.
4: Um, I I am curious, though, back to Tampa. When Jameis was the quarterback, right, they bring in Brady. Did you think, hey, we can go to the Super Bowl? I think they had 10 straight years, no playoff appearances. Um, Did you think Super Bowl was possible?
5: No, and I think they made the right decision because of what they were going to be forced to pay Jameis. See, that played into it. Jameis was in a contract year now, so they had to make a decision from a compensation standpoint. And listen, the, the 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 going rate is the going rate. You know, that's the one thing about professional sports that I wish fans would understand. If the starting quarterback in the NFL is making $30 million a year and your guy is up, And he's your starting quarterback that he's going to get somewhere around what the going rate is. And so being able to bring Tom Brady in who really revitalized, re-energized, not just the organization, but the community's commitment to supporting the Bucs. I think from a business standpoint and a on field standpoint, the Bucs had to make that choice.
4: So the Bucs, uh, it sounds like there was like the, a, a come-to-Jesus moment after the loss in the regular season to the Chiefs, uh, and Brady won whatever tug-of-war there was with Arians over how to run the offense. They didn't lose a game after that. They ran the table in the regular season, three straight on the road in the playoffs, and the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, there is some undefeated Bucks talk this year. I think I looked in their favorite in every game except one. Uh, I believe it's week three. I mean, listen, you're going to get this question a lot if they start hot. It being a gambling <laughs> guy in Vegas, can this team go undefeated in the regular season?
5: Can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go undefeated in the regular the season? The odds are very long. Yeah, it's 50 to 1. So if you believe they can go 17-0, uh, you should come to Circa and get down on that, Jason.
4: I, 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 I think <laughs> I, I, I just might.
5: Uh, I personally think it's worth you know 100 or $200 you know, just in case. Do I think it's likely? No. For one, they have to stay healthy. Right. You know, I think that's the number one thing. As talented as they are on paper, they have a lot of guys over 30. They so the question you. be the question also becomes if they get out the gates fast, if they're in a dominant position the last quarter of the season, does Bruce rest some of those established, well-known okay. guys? And those, like are you you ca-
4: those are things does you can't Bruce control. Does Bruce rest guys? I think you need to yeah. rephrase that. Does Tom Brady allow him to rest guys when he's like, yo, we can go undefeated? I almost did this in New England. And remember, they they I think it was a game against the Giants where they people were like, oh, they're gonna rest guys. And they didn't rest guys. The Giants almost got him. Do you remember that game? Yeah, it was like close. Like m- I think they won by yeah, it, it was, was a
5: it weekend. was a really
4: good game. Yeah. Uh the Giants ended up getting him in the Super Bowl, but I mean, l- listen to what they played down the stretch, okay? Resting guys, their final four games. At home against New Orleans. I don't know what you think of the Saints. I don't think much. At Carolina, at my Jets, versus Carolina. I mean, you can rest guys and still clean sweep those games. Now, early on, it's tough. Versus Dallas, at the Rams, at New England. If they get through that first month, I think look out. That's why I believe 50-1, to there's a lot of value right now on that, Sean.
5: I'd agree. I know I've already put my... uh... Futures betting on the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. I think plus eight fifty is as good as you're going to get from a value standpoint. Because yeah, that's the,
4: only going to go down,
5: right? If, they, if, they, if they're good, it's going down. It's not going up. So I went ahead and, and took that. I might put something on the fifty to one, but it's just like for for, for giggles. It's not like right,
4: uh, right, right. It's just it's a lottery ticket. Where, where are you by the way on the NFC versus the AFC? Um, I feel like the AFC is just way more stacked.
5: I think this year, yes. I think from a team standpoint. The difference to me is the NFC has a lot of star power at quarterback,
4: so but not much else. Or right. controversy around the start, the right, star, like Russell right. Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, and there's yeah. drama. Oh, oh! I just thought of another one. So you were as a rookie, you sat, I believe, for the first was it eight weeks until he got hurt or whatever? Yeah, it was? he
5: broke his collarbone okay. at Seattle, and uh, I think I went four, five, and one down the stretch. If I'm not mistaken. Okay.
4: So where are you on a quarterback sitting early to get up to speed of the NFL game? And I'm using Justin Fields as an example. My guy, Jack, Zach Wilson with the jets doesn't have a choice. He's got to start, but there is talk about maybe they trade Foles and make Dalton the backup. I don't know on Justin Fields. Where are you given your quarterback experience?
5: Well, if I was a shock, if I, if I own the Chicago bears, Justin Fields would be my day one starter. No. Oh, if I coached, the Chicago Bears, I would not play Justin Fields until the second (laughs) half of the season. And here's why. If I'm the owner, listen, I want the guy to get experience. You know, I'll make a decision on who's going to coach the team later. If I'm the head coach, I want to be able to go to the owner and say, "Well, we're going to go to the young quarterback now in the second half of the season if the first half didn't go like we wanted because I want to save my job. So I think Mm. there's some different dynamics at play within that organization because that coach is on
4: the hot seat. Nah, yeah, Nagy is in trouble.
5: I mean, Nagy so no we, they've been trying to fire Nagy for probably two years now. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> he's like, and I, he fell ass backward into the playoffs <laughs> last year with Trubisky. I mean, give me right. That. So I, he, I forget they were yeah. even in the playoffs. Me too.
5: And, and so, yeah. like, he's trying to make sure he has job security. But I think if you're doing what's best for the organization, because I think Justin Fields is one of those guys that people found some found things to dislike for no reason post, yeah. you know, college career, you know.
4: Uh, i'm I'm looking at they open against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. That's a tall order for Justin Fields. after that though, Bengals, Browns, Lions, those are not good defenses. Vegas. oh geez. So after the Rams, they play four like bottom ten defenses. Hmm. So maybe maybe Justin Fields does win the job. He should. He's talented. I mean, he's played at a high level on a big stage. I'm a fan. I mean, I, I didn't like the smearing they were doing to him. He has like the best, revealing he has the best
5: arm talent of all three quarterbacks there. He's the best yeah. athlete of all three quarterbacks there. He's the most physically gifted of all three quarterbacks there. This is not a season where Chicago's picked to win the NFC North or to be a right. Super Bowl contender. So why wouldn't you not go with the young quarterback?
4: All right, we'll wrap up with this, Sean. Uh do you have a Super Bowl value bet? Obviously you said you have the Bucks, but is there a team with some value? You know, maybe later down the list, who, who you think could could surprise? Because I, I will say, I I don't think the Bucks were favored last year early or even like top three or four, right? Oh,
5: uh, I think After they were Brady? because of Brady. I think they I think they were like third. Oh,
4: they were
5: second. third. Okay, yeah, second or third. I would say both teams are in the AFC for me from a value standpoint. And that would be Tennessee and Cleveland.
4: Tennessee! Wow. Yes. Okay, you got to explain that one. I don't know anybody who likes him. I just think adding
5: Julio Jones to so that offense gives them a lot more versatility. You know, with AJ on the other side, with Derek Henry being, having done what you know he's done the last two three years, so now all they have to be is a little above average defensively. And uh, I think they get more back to what they were two years ago on defense. I think if they get in the playoffs, they are tough out. You hmm. know, people people forget they were ahead of Kansas City two years ago in the AFC Championship game in the second half of that game. KC had to come back and win it. So a lot of those components are still there. There's a lot of value there. Cleveland, the talent is there. If Baker Mayfield takes the next step, the next jump, sort of like Carr, then I think Cleveland has a lot of the pieces that you need, especially getting Odell back to go with what is probably the second best running game in the NFL right now and a defense that's really salty and difficult to go against.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean the, the only the issue with Cleveland is a everybody and their mom likes them. Uh and b they're going to have like seven or eight new starters on defense. We, and, and there could be two rookies, which that take could take a little to get time to getting used to and the schedule is real difficult. I think they go r- later in the season Ravens by week Ravens. Like that is just unbelievably difficult. And that division's super tough. But the Titans division's a joke, right? Yeah, pretty much. And I'm a
5: guy that doesn't really look into strength of schedule in the NFL because of the parity. Just from year to year, so much parity in the NFL. It's not like you look at the SEC schedule. Like, you know, when you go to Vanderbilt, that's a victory. That's
4: like, a 40-point victory.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Houston, Texas are going to upset somebody. Detroit Lions are going to upset somebody. Like, the NFL is just a different animal from a parity standpoint. So I really try not to get too locked into strength of schedule from year to yeah. year.
4: It's funny you say that. I mean, listen, my Jets cost themselves Trevor Lawrence by beating the Browns. Now, I think the Browns, like every receiver on the roster, had COVID or something in that game. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Upsets do happen. Um, all right. Uh, listen, Sean, this is great. Um, I, I I wonder how life is going to be like for you in Vegas. What is it, 110 degrees there today?
5: And, you know, it was hot in Tampa, but at least you had a breeze. You know, this, this mm. heat is like oppressive heat.
4: Oh, yeah. Are I, I you on I, like a golf course, or do you at least have like a nice – Shelter out there anywhere? Near? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, we got some places we can hide, but I try to stay indoors yeah. and only go outside when necessary.
4: <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> All right, man. Hey, congrats on a good career. Uh, you got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, man. Uh, and and good luck at Vsin with the gambling. I'm sure I'll see you there in a couple weeks. Just days. let
0: me know, man.
5: We got to do this again. Thanks for having me, Definitely. Jason. Definitely.
4: All right, Sean. Thanks a lot, man.
0: Okay. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
2: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying, a, a podcast. podcast.